0: witchcraft. Blinding your enemy to disorient and disable them is a classic. First vampires, now witches. No wonder you can still afford a house in Sunnydale. Why should someone want to harm Cordelia?
1: Maybe because they matter? Did I say that? Hello, hello, and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I'm Jess.
0: And And I'm Stosh.
1: And today, we're talking about episode three of Buffy, season one.
0: The Witch.
1: And before we dive in, we did want to do a quick... Not necessarily correction, but there was a couple additional comments that we wanted to make on episodes one and two, Welcome to the Howlmouth and The Harvest. Something that I wanted to mention that I totally forgot to mention that I think is kind of a fun fact for anyone who doesn't already know, but there were only a couple of on-screen vampire deaths in that episode, and there will only be a couple of vampire deaths in season one because in 1997, to have CGI of that caliber, it cost $5,000 per death vampire
0: um if anyone listens that knows things about film production and stuff I would like to know where those types of numbers come from because I just want to know like who puts the price on that how it gets upheld why like once they do it once they can't just copy and paste it stuff like that well I wonder about that all the time when I hear things cost effects specifically cost money
1: yeah I think it was the the CGI back in the day like uh CGI was because when you're dusting the vampire, you can't just use the same dust scene each time, you know, like on screen, because each vampire's dressed differently, different hair, what have you. So they had to do the effect of them going poof. Whereas you'll notice if you're like me and you're kind of weird, and now I'm pointing it out, so maybe you all will notice a lot of times you'll have her staking someone off screen and they'll have the sound effect that they can just use on repeat so that they don't have to have the same. That makes
0: a lot of sense.
1: It costs them $5,000 every time. And they dusted a vampire. So there's actually not that many dustings (laughs) in season one. And I don't know when that changes or like why it changes. But yeah, that was something that I learned from all of my nerdy, obsessive, extracurricular research. (laughs) So,
0: you know. No, that makes sense. I more meant like where that $5,000 number comes from. Like, is there just one CGI person that was like, I'll do that for five grand and they couldn't find anyone cheaper? Did it just always take that long to do? I don't know.
1: Yeah. That would be interesting to hear about and learn about. So I get where you're coming from with that.
0: And the thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the last episode is uh, one thing I really like hate in TV, movies, media, whatever, is when there's like a hero and a villain and the way the hero wins is just like by narratively being better. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's stronger. So he wins. Right. Like, okay. And last episode when she killed Luke, the way she faked him out, like the sun's coming up and (laughs) he like freaks out and then she like or she breaks the window and he freaks out and she's like idiot and stabs him (laughs) it's
1: it's in about nine hours moron (laughs) uh, yeah
0: i just really like the outsmarting factor of that like that's one thing i like about like older comic books too is they tended to do that more instead of like just oh his willpower is stronger oh he's activated his power is better as far as i've noticed they don't do that in this show and they might at some point but
1: i mean i I think that there's a little bit of a balance there so like i think you'll see sometimes she's just stronger and then sometimes she does have to outsmart the villain you know the she did with Luke and I also really really appreciate that about yeah. this show specifically in the way that like Buffy has to be you know she she is not just a slayer with superpowers and is just really strong. she also has to think on her feet, you know and yeah so I agree with you and I'm glad that you brought that up. Great. So that's everything we had for the uh, corrections and additions segment. So we're going to jump right into The Witch. And uh, Stash, you're going to go ahead and give us a summary of what happened.
0: All right. So first off, we see classic horror set. A witch is present, but off screen. Clearly what's going on, though. And then we find her in the library talking to Giles, and he is not into her joining the cheerleading squad. (laughs) For no reason other than it takes away time. I from mean, her from her slaying time
1: i think that that's pretty common though i think a lot of people will be like i don't understand why you would want to be a cheerleader kind of a thought process you know like i mean i think that that scene i love that scene i love the way i love 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 the way giles is like ranting in the beginning and he's like i give certain allowances for your youth but you've decided to join this this cult and then like it flashes that was a Buffy, fun way to phrase it and she's like you don't like the color, <laughs> you know. And it's, that was a really big bonding moment, I think, for Buffy and Giles, where like it's another moment where you see like she's young and hip and teen, and he's like stuffy and tweed, I don't know, like a little more tweed. old school. <laughs> well, he's wearing a tweed His jacket. His tweed
0: style is nice, okay? I really
1: li- I really like it a lot, okay? Um. Never think I'm insulting Giles, because <laughs> I never am.
0: <laughs> no, and I wasn't either. I was just kind of playing fun at the yeah. scene itself. And I actually, I wrote down that I think they have really good chemistry through that whole scene. Yeah. It was really well done. Then we cut over to Willow and Xander, and Xander's just into Buffy, I guess. It's kind of what we learned there, and yeah. he calls Willow one of the guys, and yes. she is very clearly hurt by that and i get it
1: (laughs) right classic Um, oof moment yeah
0: and then we cut to the cheerleading tryouts Mm -hmm. where we're introduced to amy Mm -hmm. the new character for the episode i don't know if she's gonna stick around or not but this is where she shows up and i have no idea how good any of the cheerleading was in that scene i am not a cheerleader nor do i know anything of the sport I mean, they looked impressed by a lot of things <laughs> that were happening, and I was like, "Is that impressive?"
1: Amber apparently turned down being on the Lakers, so she was impressive, obviously.
0: I don't know who the Lakers are. I,
1: I think they're a basketball team. Well, if, if you know, let us <laughs> know.
0: We know sports here.
1: <laughs> we're that really, I, we're really athletic in this podcasting. There's a reason why Jim was but, canceled. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> But was she turned down from the the basketball team or nope. the, the their or their cheer squad? Like wouldn't their cheer squad have a different name?
1: Uh, Lee was like, who does she think she is? A Laker girl? And then Willow's like, well, maybe I that's hear what she turns them the down. Girls. And I think that that's what they're called. But I also probably just assumed that at yeah. the age well, of nine or how. Actually, I don't think I actually watched Buffy until I was like 12 or 13, but.
0: That makes sense. When I was in Vegas recently, I went to, uh, tour the Raiders new stadium with my boss because he's a big Raiders fan. And they took us into like a room where they had all the like cheerleaders outfits throughout the age and they kept calling them the Raiderettes. Mm-hmm. So that was clearly their name and that was when I was like oh so they have their own name that's almost the same but not.
1: Very similar to the Slayerettes.
0: I did I really liked that. (laughs) I wrote that down too.
1: I definitely wrote that down so.
0: Did anything come of that cheerleading tryout?
1: Amber was lit on fire.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know what guesses I would have made differently if I didn't go in knowing this episode was titled The Witch. Yeah. Because when I watch like when I, especially like back in the 90s right. when i watched tv i never really like paid attention when the title showed up right. but looking at it now i'm like that's kind of a giveaway but i actually had no idea what was going on i was guessing that she had like gone to a witch to like magically help her out or something and yeah. there was like wordplay like i want to be on fire and i found out i was wrong but
1: well, that's okay
0: i got to throw in my wrong predictions too We learned that Buffy has been slaying for a little over a year, so that's a good timeline. Let's see, she talks to her mom
1: There's a big scene with her and her mom, yep
0: Their characters felt out of place on me on that I felt like their roles had been kind of reversed from the previous two episodes where she wanted nothing to do with her mom and her mom was trying to like be there for her and in this episode her mom's just like zonked out doesn't even know she was trying to be a cheerleader Yeah. It felt really inconsistent to me and I... I understand by the end with the mom theme and trying to connect with your mom it made sense, but it felt out of character to me, still.
1: I think that that makes sense from the perspective of like we've had a whopping. This is a third Two episode. Episodes, yeah, you know. So I get that. I do want to get into that because I think that that was a really big part of this episode was parenting challenges and the challenges of a teen trying to bond with their mom. And I see where you would feel like it was inconsistent for a character, but I will tell you that I think that that's very real. Being a teenage girl is so awful, okay? Like, it's been a while for me, but it was so awful because you're so hot and cold all the time. Like, sometimes you want nothing to do with your mom and sometimes you want everything to do with your mom and so I think that that was a really good portrayal
0: as far as realism goes like people are never always one thing even Mm -hmm. like even as a 30 year old sometimes I want nothing to do with my best friend for a few days you know what I mean like it's from the point of view of her being a teenage girl I felt like it made more sense it was the mom seeming less interested that felt out of character to me okay I wasn't really bothered by Buffy herself vying for her mother's affections because that actually makes a lot of sense as a teenager Mm -hmm. and like wanting your mom to be involved and you're cheerleading but not know you're slaying like that felt realistic
1: after she talked to her mom they went to school the next day and someone else had been taken out of the running a different way they did the group tryouts and cordelia threatened amy cordelia
0: thank you i was trying to remember her name
1: (laughs) cordelia threatened amy and then they found out
0: carmilla and i knew it was wrong
1: <laughs> they so Cordelia threatened thing. Amy, Amy, and then the cheerleading postings were uh, posted, and Cordelia made the team. Buffy and, and Xander Amy
0: fucking did not. ruined it for them <laughs> in like a brutal way. Yeah. It was like, hey, good news. You're the first alternate. (laughs) They're like, oh, my God, you idiot. I mean, I would have done the same thing. I didn't know shit. Like, I didn't even know until it was explained. but
1: But Buffy and Amy didn't make the team. Cordelia did make the team. Cordelia was mean to Amy. So Amy blinded Cordelia. And that is how they figured out that they were dealing with a witch.
0: Right. I do remember that.
1: And then, obviously, Amy was third, so another girl had to get taken out. Right. And then Buffy was on the team.
0: Well, and and she chose Buffy because Buffy, staying in character, was not subtle about finding (laughs) out if she was the witch or not.
1: Really, really not subtle at all. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> the dropping the pencil and then going down to grab the hair. And then she pops back up and she's just staring at her like, I, I saw I you. I definitely just watched you pull hair off my brush, I think it was. Yeah. And she's like, oops, and like skips off. Like
1: <laughs> They found out that Amy was a witch. And then Amy poisons Buffy, for lack of a better term. Yeah, she
0: drunks her up, which was another bit of great acting oh, in yeah. this episode. Gotta she, love it. It was a lot of fun.
1: From that point, Buffy and Giles go to Amy's mom's house because previously in the episode, Amy discusses the fact that her mom was such a phenomenal cheerleader in her time. And, and to stay
0: fit, she would only eat broth for some weeks.
1: Yeah. And so Buffy and Willow came to the natural conclusion that Amy was being pressured by her mom. Which to, makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's a very real
0: I mean, she was.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, Because then Giles and Buffy go to Amy's house and And we find out. Plot twist. Amy is her mom.
0: (laughs) I really liked that twist. That twist was phenomenal. I didn't see it coming at all.
1: Oh, that was one of my pop quiz questions was, did you see that twist coming?
0: Well. Not at all. So,
1: awesome. I like that a lot. And then they help Amy reverse all of the spells, and everyone goes back to being normal, and Cordelia's on the cheerleading squad, and Buffy and Amy are not. End of episode.
0: Um, Can we talk about when he needs to destroy the book? Because like, he's like, all right, there's two ways we can reverse all our spells. Giles huh? says that. He's like, we destroy your book or we cut off her head. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, find the book, light it on fire or like rip all the pages out. But he had to like cast like a whole spell to destroy it. And I was like, this takes way longer than I thought it would. Like- <laughs>
1: yeah, because a witch's spell book is magic. So you can't just light it on fire or tear it up. It's magically protected. so you Did have he to, say that? No, but it, oh, okay. that's, how, that's what I inferred. That's just how you interpreted it? Okay. <laughs> Since Giles had I to mean, go to the science lab and do some
0: witchcraft. No, that makes sense. I did like that he had to partake in witchcraft to destroy the witch. Yeah. That's some fun I don't know, world building, I guess.
1: <laughs> that launches Irony? Us-
0: I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, once again, do not have an English degree.
1: <laughs> Neither do But I enjoyed too. it. Yeah, that kind of launches us right into the, the characters and development section. Uh, Amy is obviously the new character. I have Amy and Amy's mom were two characters that were introduced oh, yeah. for the show. Obviously, Amy's mom's not really going to be a continuation um, at all because she was cast into...
0: Her own statue.
1: Yes. So, Amy... I, think was I didn't a really... bring that up
0: during the summary, though, because I had to wait for the reveal. Yeah.
1: But Amy was Willow's friend in junior high. And
0: they used to pig out and eat brownies.
1: Yeah. And so she was a really interesting sub friend, I feel like, for Buffy, because obviously Buffy has her friend group of Willow and Xander at this point. But it's nice to have Amy on the show as kind of a friend of a friend, kind of a, a scenario, because in a lot of these shows, you know, you have your main group of friends and then like, that's it you know so I really appreciate the fact that like even though Willow and Xander are tight Willow had other friends like she's not like shunned by every single person in that school so I do really like that and she was really the only her and her mom were the only two new characters that we met looking at the 12 characters we met in the first two episodes something I found really interesting was of those 12 characters Buffy comes back Cordelia comes back Xander comes back Willow comes back Giles comes back Joyce comes back but we We don't see Darla, we don't see the master, we don't see the principal, and we don't see Angel in this episode. Who was the fifth one you said? Giles.
0: Who was the sixth one you said? Joyce. Who was Joyce? Buffy's mom. Ah, I
1: need to just remember that her name hasn't been really fully... (laughs) implemented in the show at this point but so buffy Cordelia, that's like the second you said it
0: too i was like who the hell is that did i just miss another character (laughs) no and earlier when i was watching the episode i remembered like i wrote down like buffy's mom and i was like just said her name last week (laughs) i don't remember so i'll Um, remember it eventually or i will just choose to continue to call her buffy's mom Even after I know.
1: That's fine, too. Honestly, that's her role in the show is being Buffy's mom. So um so Amy all about and defining
0: people by their role and what they do and not as people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Amy and her mom are the only two new characters, but I did have a couple character developments that I really wanted to highlight, mainly Buffy's relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of already discussed there was a huge shift there. And something that I really appreciated about that scene is the fact that Buffy's mom is shown not only as a mom who cares about her daughter and her daughter's well-being and over-nurturing and all of the stuff that she kind of goes off on in the first couple episodes, but also you know, like she's actively opening crates and she's actively working on her gallery and she's actively doing all of this stuff that kind of identifies her as a person and not just a mom. That's something that I think a lot of shows, especially in the 90s kind of glossed over is the mom was the mom and she didn't really have a other person and it's not like Joyce is her own fleshed out super deep character or anything but she has enough depth that we don't just see her as the mom you can see her as a person and I think especially because she's a single mom we really see the struggles of parenting in that regard and so I really really liked the development of Joyce's character being a little bit more in depth and not just I've read all the books and this is what I'm supposed to do and it's more like "Uh uh-huh yeah that's that's nice honey I got I'm like actively in the middle of something so i can't just talk to you about this random thing that's going on in your life i liked that i mean i
0: don't think trying out for cheerleading is just a random thing in any teenage girl's life but if it's something they're clearly interested in like she had done it before at her old school that said i do agree it did give her a lot more development it showed us that she has other things going on because even during the first two episodes i was like what does she do Like she was able to just up and move. I mean, because her daughter burned down the gym at her school. Right. Obviously you have to move when that happens.
1: There were no other schools in LA. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What is her job? did it say she said she had a gallery and she was just opening all these random crates in their house like this. and there was
1: a fertility statue so she owns an art yeah, gallery
0: which I assume had a giant schlong on it or something because <laughs> yeah, Buffy couldn't that's see it definitely
1: what I, I interpreted as well I don't think that they ever go in depth as to what it is but since Buffy's mom was like you don't need to see that because you're a 16 year old girl and Buffy opened it and said jeepers I feel like it's probably what that oh was. I do
0: not remember her opening it and saying jeepers oh man it that's was that's so hilarious good. Was such I, a
1: good scene
0: I must have been writing something down or something when that happened.
1: So there was some really intense stuff with Buffy and her mom. We got to see Xander explore his feelings for Buffy, which they didn't really go hard with in the first two episodes. But obviously, he immediately showed an interest in her when he was skateboarding down the sidewalk and saw her and zoned out until he crashed, you know, like, oh, she's super attractive. And then when they were in the hallway and he was like, can I have you? And she was like, what? And he's like, can I help you? So there were some subtle nuances to his interest in her in the first two episodes but they were not present in the way that they were in this episode and that was something that i thought was really powerful because there's three different perspectives there there's xander who's super into his friend there's buffy who has no idea that xander's super into her and doesn't reciprocate those feelings and then there's willow who knows about xander's feelings and also subtly was hurt when he called her a guy and like was clearly not taking her seriously as you know a female teen girl in her own right
0: I did like when he got it shoved back at him though, and she drunkenly called him one of the girls. Yes, I appreciated that a lot.
1: That was something that I wrote down because I think that it was a really strong moment for how teens often are so caught up in how they're feeling that they don't even process the fact that they're inadvertently hurting someone with their comments, you know?
0: Yeah, it's very realistic. I can't say for sure that I did that, but like I was like, I'm sure when I was a kid, I said some stupid shit, and people were like, like inside we're like, oh, obviously we're teenagers. We can't show it.
1: Um, A perfect example for me of having that kind of happen that I've actually recently found, not recently, but in the past few years found out was when we were in middle school, my husband and I were, I guess, almost frenemies in the point where like most of our conversations were us arguing about things and we weren't super like, well, he mm. would say the sky is gray and I would be like, no, it's blue. You know, like we yeah. would argue about literally everything, whatever it was, one of us had to contradict the other. Sure. And that was our friendship. And so it was like the end of the school year and I was hugging you know our female friends and I hugged a couple of our guy friends and then I looked at him and I was like we don't hug because in my mind I'd be like we weren't on that level you know like we weren't affectionate towards each other we were lightly friendly bickering type friends and apparently that like really hit him and he didn't like that I said that and I was like 10-15 years after that he mentioned it when we started dating and I was like oh I'm really sorry I didn't because for the entirety of high school and stuff like we didn't hug we weren't that kind of friends which worked out in my favor because then I never had any sort of romantic feelings for him until we graduated which worked out great because he was with his girlfriend for that whole time and I really like her as a person even now so yeah it's just something that I think especially as kids and even as adults really like we don't think about the fact that like our words can hurt in that kind of way. And I don't even know that I can say that it was wrong of Xander to to say that about Willow or that it was wrong of Buffy to say that about Xander because that's how they felt. Like you said, it was very poetic that it turned around on him. And also that Willow was like, um, Buffy, maybe we should get you somewhere. And he was like, no, no, let her speak. And then she said something that probably broke his heart. (laughs) So we saw that develop a little bit. And then also we got to see a development between Buffy and her friends. One thing that they really emphasized in the first episode that I think they really clearly show was a dynamic shift for Buffy and for everyone in that group is that, you know, the Slayer works alone. She doesn't really have friends. She has to always be the one to save the day. But Willow was like, no, we're your Slayerettes. We're here to help you. We're gonna do what we can. And like I do appreciate Xander's little quip about I laugh in the face of danger and then I hide until it goes away.
0: <laughs> I did like that.
1: <laughs> because they have to You if you're gonna be in those kinds of situations like I know it's a fictional TV show, but thinking about it in a real life perspective, you have to know your limits. And Willow and Xander would not have been helpful for the physical aspect of it, but Willow helped her with her chemistry for the witch potion and stuff like that. So I really appreciated that already in episode three of the show, they're kind of starting to show that that bond is forming and Buffy's relying on people in a way that no Slayer has done before.
0: I agree. I really like that a lot. And I mean, once again, I'm a really character-driven media consumer, so I really, I'm always pro, you know, a big cast of characters. Um, And I think this whole show overall is doing a great job of presenting them, making them unique and believable, and they're all really well-written. I am enjoying it. I will say, while we're in character development, I did like Xander or less did you yeah immediately I was like, <laughs> like whatever charm he had on me in episodes one and two was completely gone this episode i don't know if he started being written different if they decided to change something about him he did do his hair slightly different i thought it was cut i had to go back and look <laughs> i i re-watched the first like couple scenes of the first episode and it's not shorter it's just different huh. not that that matters right but like it it was a thing I noticed when I noticed he was acting differently in a way that I di- wasn't like stoked about. Not that he's a bad person by any means, but I think it was really well handled his affection for Buffy. I liked it better in the first two episodes when it was more subtle. I don't have a problem with him liking her or being rejected by her or any of that. But this episode, it felt like this is his personality now. He's gonna the be love struck with after Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, yeah, and that was a real big bummer for me because it just it felt a lot more one dimensional and it's I guess not really a story I care about yeah for lack of a better phrase like I said once I liked the oh you're just one of the guys oh you're just one of the girls thing but that was all he did was lust after Buffy this episode and I was like come on dude I'd say that as a guy who was a teenager and would spend like a whole week just like thinking about some chick I liked like (laughs) yeah it's not it's not unrealistic it's just not fun to watch
1: (laughs) it's real but also it's real in the sense that it's like
0: kind of awkward anyway Cordelia Yes. Um. It was she was talking to Amy I think in mm-hmm. the locker room mm-hmm. and she was just like you know like being bitchy like you're not going to get in my way of the cheer squad I have a dream whatever. Yeah, I and have we a dream. have to achieve
1: our dreams yeah.
0: <laughs> so I really liked all of that except the one line she threw in where she was just like and all the varsity boys are going to be looking at me and I was like alright is that realistic Is like that's a yes. thing a, a, a girl yes. would want because like as yes. an adult it felt to me like something like a man would think a girl would want and wrote that line for her so I wanted to bring it up because I don't know I could be completely in the wrong.
1: Well, hopefully, hopefully this is a yes and not just a me. When I was a teenager, I was super shallow. But like, no, I think that that was a huge thing, especially with Cordelia's character so far. You know, she wants things that cost more. She wants, you know, to look the best. She wants all of the boys looking at her. She doesn't want them to touch her, but she wants them all looking at her and admiring her and wanting her and pursuing her for the self-esteem boost that I think a lot of teenage girls look for in teenage boys, not necessarily because they want. Anything to happen with them, but just like she says, it's a really hard time in your life to be a teenage girl. And like, I feel for every teenage girl out there, even when they annoy me with all of their angst, because it's such an angsty time. But yeah, no, I do think that that's pretty realistic for her to be like, because then if you have like five boys looking at you, then you can pick the best looking one or the one that you want. And, and go from there. So I don't think that it's every girl. Like, I think you'll notice that Buffy wasn't like that and Willow's not like that. But there are definitely girls like that.
0: And it fit. And it fits her character. It
1: fits her character really well. That makes well. a
0: lot of sense. Just, that line just kind of stuck out to me. And I probably wouldn't even have thought about it if I wasn't like overanalyzing everything as I watched this right. show. But I was just like, is that real? Or is it stereotypical of a man to be like, she only wants to be a cheerleader. So boys will look at her. So that's what her dream is. I mean, and it could be both. Yeah. That's a real possibility. But. I
1: don't think it was the only reason why she wanted to be the cheerleader, but it definitely but was, it was a, part, a of part of it. Yeah,
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now I think it's quiz time.
1: Yes. So now it's time for our pop quiz. Um, you already answered one of my questions about the twist with her mom, but did you, how did you feel, kind of the follow-up question I had for that, so I'll just start with that one right away, is how did you feel about where she ended up?
0: Where she ended up being in the statue? Yeah. Um, I had mixed feelings on it. It's a fun punishment for a body swapping witch, right? Like, yeah, doing objectively evil things like nothing. She did. in This episode <laughs> yeah, was okay. A thousand percent. Yeah. So like it's it was a fitting and it's kind of cool. I don't know how often we're going to see them walk by that cheer case in this show. But if they do and you just like notice it's still there and you just like know there's a witch stuck in that. That's kind of fun. I kind of just thought she died and I was happy with that. Either way could leave an opening for her to come back. I don't think she's going to, but like there could be like another witch and like a later season be like, yo, we're going to free this other witch that's right here. And you're going to have to deal with two of us. So I guess ultimately I like it. It didn't stand out to me as something I loved, but a net positive, I guess.
1: Oh, I'm excited that you didn't see the twist with her mom coming cuz I don't think I saw it coming either, but I really enjoyed it.
0: And I It was every- really well done. And like even when like she comes home and starts bossing her around and she's just like, "Oh, another productive day in front of the TV, write this history essay for me." I was like, wow, she's a really bitchy teenager, <laughs> like clearly abusing her powers as a witch over her mom. I never in a thousand years thought, oh, maybe that's the mom and they body switched. Like, yeah. That's-
1: yeah, I really have to give uh, I don't know the name of the moms, the actress who played the mom. But I really have to give her credit in her acting because it was phenomenal the way she played Bo- a teenage girl. Both of girl. them. I think yes, both Amy of them as well. mm-hmm.
0: did a. Great job! Just I'm always so impressed when someone plays like one character, but then gets possessed and is like just able to just completely become a new person.
1: And you have to do that immediate switch. I mean, I don't know. They maybe they filmed each scene on different days to help them change their characters. But
0: maybe either way, I was impressed. Yeah, I agree. A a lot.
1: Super phenomenal. What is your stance on cheerleading?
0: Um, what do you mean? Like, I mean, do I think it's a bad thing? So. Should we outlaw it? Are they too scantily clad <laughs> for this Puritan world?
1: However you want to make it. I mean, I know our high school didn't really have... I mean, I think we had a cheerleading...
0: We absolutely had cheerleading at our high school.
1: But, like they weren't the way that they're depicted in movies like they weren't the popular think, girls and
0: in- I think our high school was really unique in like a social situation we
1: did not care yeah because uh, I've talked
0: to other people who went to other schools and they're like yeah everything you see on TV with popular kids and jocks and nerds and everything that's exactly how it is and I'm like at our school you definitely had that division around but it wasn't like it is in TV like yeah. for lack of a better way to say this I would hang out in the corner with the goth and metal kids and there would be a football player and a cheerleader sitting there in uniform next to us and there was no animosity there is nothing like that so i don't really have strong feelings on cheerleading it's not something i'm interested in because i'm just not a sports person like i don't care about football either right um it's I don't have anything against it. I'm not like, get rid of it. Because, you know, to each their own. So just an overwhelming amount of neutrality on I my end.
1: I used to want to be a cheerleader. I don't know if you knew that about me. But I wanted to do cheerleading. I wanted to do dance. I wanted to do theater. And I did one year of cheerleading. But because I'm such a socially awkward individual, I didn't make any friends and hated it because I didn't have any friends. Like I loved the aspect of like performing when we went to the competition. I don't even know <laughs> what it was called, but it was like an after-school program. But like I was in the fourth grade and it's not like our elementary school had a cheerleading program. So it was like some program my mom found that was like a 30 minute drive away and I never made any friends. So I didn't like it, but it was something. That's, that, how,
0: that's how I was in hockey. I actually... Yeah. After talking all this crap about not sports. being into sports, I rollerbladed a lot when I was in elementary school. And because of that, my dad was like, well, you should try roller hockey. Maybe you'll be into it. And it was fine, but like, I didn't like any of the people I played with. They were all jerks. Not that that's an all, all hockey players thing, but in this particular team, right. they were they were all way more advanced than me at anything, even though it was a beginner game. Right. And I was like, I was like two weeks in, I had like, we played a couple games. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Let's Can I not do this anymore? And my dad was like, yeah, sure, you tried it.
1: Well, and I like had the social anxiety factor in where like, I hated the fact that I didn't have friends, but I also didn't know how to make friends. And so like going to practice and stuff, I had so much anxiety about it that I would like beg my mom to not make me go... And she was like, you have to finish the year because I think she, she knew. I mean, I've been begging and begging and begging, begging to be in cheer or dance or something. Because I, I, and even now, like part of me is like, I wish that they had adult dance classes that were easy for me to find. And that I had a friend to go with me to go learn how to do like some sort of dance because I love that kind of stuff. But I just, you, if you're socially awkward and have social anxiety, I think that sports like that are really hard to get into.
0: They are for sure. And I i mean, I'm on the same level of social anxiety with you, so I can't. I can I can really relate to what you're saying like I've for the last like two years now I've been talking a lot about how I'd love to get into like metalworking like blacksmithing and stuff Mm -hmm. and there are a few classes around and it's so hard for me to like just go by myself but then I have to find a friend who wants to go and we do have a friend who wants to go now it's on me because I can't get my work schedule to fit with it
1: which makes sense
0: and I was but before I knew they were going it was like such like a hard thing I was like I'm just never gonna find anyone that wants to do this with me and it sucks but that and that's how I am with any hobby I've ever wanted to get into it's like if i don't have someone going with me to lead the way then i'm just not gonna go
1: right no i'm with you 100% i have a hard time just that. walking
0: into a store right
1: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> no i especially with like this whole pandemic thing like i have realized just how much social anxiety i really have i used to have a hard time going pumping gas by myself you know especially at night because I'm female, but also just in general, I'm afraid people are looking at me. I'm afraid people are judging me. I'm afraid there's toilet paper stuck to my foot. Like, I don't know. Like, anything I'm always on edge anytime I'm in public and so it's, it's crazy and so watching shows like this one with the cheerleading and the reason I asked you about your stance on cheerleading and I should have made it a little bit more broad and asked like sports in general or act,
0: after I mean, whatever we got you know? there
1: and we did get there so I'm really glad that we did that is that like watching shows like this it makes me both recognize the fact that I kind of still wish that I had stuck with it and also like kind of understanding at the end where Buffy was like you know I tried it and, it, and that was enough for me is kind of was like rewarding for me in a way of like I did try it and didn't
0: like it that's no, okay that's one thing I really appreciated about the way my dad raised me and stuff was wait, as long as I tried something if I didn't like it he'd be like cool you don't have to continue it I'm just glad you gave it a shot I think it worked out really well because then when I did find the thing I liked and stuck with which was my martial arts classes I was I did it for eight years and really took it as far as I could go when I was a teacher and like I mean I quit when I found other things I liked in life right but like I proved to myself by finding the thing I like I could stick with the thing I like but I wasn't hampered by trying trying other things first.
1: Cool. I kind of have that also, but also I think I had the tendency to quit too early because you obviously stuck with your martial arts. You play the guitar, you play the bass, you know, stuff like that. So I always... Well, that's
0: easy because I can do that in my room alone.
1: But I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Jack tried to teach me and mom tried to get me professional lessons and I just quit. I never put in the practice. I never put in the effort because I don't even know why.
0: I think instruments are kind of a unique situation because unless you're some insane child prodigy, you're going to to pick it up and you're gonna sound like ass And you're not going to be able to play recognizable music. And it's, there's definitely a barrier you have to get past to, to feel like you can do it and want to stick with it. I've seen a lot of people pick up the guitar just because they're like, I'm going to be in a fucking metal band. It's going to be rad. (laughs) And they can't even figure out power chords the first day. And they're like, well, not for me. I can't do it. And it's like, you could do it, but it's not like rewarding. Like you can, if you go to hockey practice for the first time with a bunch of people who've never played, you could probably score a a goal. I hope that's the right hockey word. I
1: think so. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I don't know. get the puck in the net I know what I'm talking about I promise
1: score that touchdown
0: Yeah, yeah I at least know that's wrong yeah, like, so I, th- I think with any really solo activity, it's different because the only thing you have to compare to is yourself. Like, I mean, if you have really encouraging people around when you play a little guitar thing for them and it sounds like ass, they'll be like, yeah, you're getting there, keep going. But not everyone has that. And a lot of people are too afraid to even try to show their friends. So that's not going to happen. So you, it takes a lot of self-control, self-perseverance. Not that I'm super known for those things, but I, like I said, it's I think it's a unique thing because of that.
1: Next question. Question three. Question number three. If you were Buffy, would you have also sang my Macho Man, or would you have picked a different song to sing when you were loopy?
0: Oh man, I sing a lot of songs when I'm drunk.
1: First one that pops into your head.
0: First one that pops into my head is uh, All My Friends Are Metalheads because that's what I was singing to myself as I walked in here.
1: <laughs> never heard that song before.
0: <laughs> oh, you know it. I'll, I'll play it for you when we're done. All right. It's a ska tune.
1: I feel like I should have thought about it for me. Like, not that you're turning it on me, but I want to also answer. And I feel like. Less
0: than Jake, by the way, is who does All My Friends Are Metalheads. Okay. Sorry, go on.
1: Also, never heard of that band, but.
0: That's their one song you would know.
1: Okay. Um, I feel like the song that's popping into my head that was like the song that was probably the first ever song that I just sang because I was feeling loopy, like when I started drinking, you know, was Follow Me by Uncle Cracker. <laughs> Which is kind of a random song, but like, it's also the kind of song where like everyone else who's drunk in the bar also knows it, you know? So like... That is fun. Do you ever wish you were 16 again?
0: I do all the time. And I, the more I think about it, the less I do. Being 16 did really suck, but I especially wish I could be like the body of a 16 year old again. Um, like I think I'm holding onto my youth better than most people I interact with on the rig. I mean, I didn't party or anything when I was a kid, but I was up for like four days at a time and I it didn't even bother me. I wish I could go back. To that schedule too, especially being able to ditch school. Like, there's nothing better than just having that sudden free day because you chose to, and you're gonna be yelled at for <laughs> it later. But oh my god, it was it was worth it every time.
1: I'll believe you, cause um, I would. That was not like, my I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons I did like it and would go back. There's a lot of reasons I. Wouldn't and don't It goes up and down Obviously I know It's never gonna happen So it's fun to dream Most times yes I would definitely Go back to being 16 again What about you? And I, I think most people Say no to Hard us, by the no way. Yeah <laughs>
1: It's like the most Nope of my life Like I said earlier Being a teenage girl Was such a process And I think that That's yeah. maybe where That difference is And like I'm watching my I've got a niece who's 14 And a niece who's 12 Going on 14 And like watching them both she
0: 12 going on 14? Yeah She's going on 30 yeah, I don't know what she, You're talking about <laughs> She
1: looks way older than Than she should but like and she acts so angsty and i'm like you're only 12 (laughs) she
0: does i lived with them for a month and every time i saw her like she just acts like she's like 16 17 like it's
1: and i'm just like pump the brakes little girl no they're so angsty and i remember i remember how angsty i felt and i thought that my whole world was that small block of space you know and like people would tell me like when you get out of high school none of this is gonna matter and i was like okay but like none of that matters now you know All the stuff that I was stressing about and worrying about when I was 16, like, it doesn't matter. And like, I just like to your point, it would be nice to have a 16 year old's body again. It would be nice.
0: Well, and the social situations, I think, is what I miss the most. Yeah. Like you were like a lot socially free, like in a way that I'm not now, like all the people I interact with are either friends I made in high school or are people I currently work with. Like even when I make a really good friend at a job, the second I quit that job, I'll talk to him for like a week and then like we're both too busy and we got other shit going on. Yeah. So like I haven't talked to any of the people from my last four jobs in like years at this point. It bums me out, and everyone interacted with everyone back then, and I think that's really what I miss about it the most.
1: Yeah, well, and for me, I do have quite a few coworkers that I like stop working with them, and and they're still in my life. You know, that's because I like have parties and like try really hard to maintain that social life. And it is work; it's a lot harder to maintain that than it was in high school. And that and it's was a two
0: way street. Like none of mine would come to my parties. Yeah, I was like yo, I'm partying this weekend. They'd be like, that's cool. <laughs>
1: But like it was something that especially right after I graduated high school, it hit me really hard that like if you got in a fight with somebody, you would have to see them at school the next day. And you were forced to like interact and resolve those issues, you know, or even if like you don't resolve those issues, they're still in your life. Whereas like you get in a fight with somebody as an adult, you never have to see their face again. You know, especially if you live in like a suburb or like a city like we do, people just disappear and you just you don't know if they I mean, we have Facebook but like, especially back in the nineties, like they could be dead for all, you know, you know what I mean? Like
0: well, I was mentioning, you can just block someone on Facebook or they can block you. Yeah.
1: And they just, there just are gone. certain people
0: I don't talk to anymore and they might be dead. I don't, I really don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me that when I was 16, I was like, I can be as mean as I want to this person. They're going to still be in my life because they have to be. And then like,
0: that's interesting. I never had that mentality even back then. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, no, I never was I, like, I, I can be-, be as
1: mean as I want to this person, but like that was the mindset said that I had is like, I could be dramatic because I'd still see them the next day at school.
0: No way. Even back then, I was always terrified. I was like, this person will just cut me out of their life. We won't talk anymore. And it's like, anytime something did happen dramatic between me and friends, we would rebound because we saw each other all the time. But I never felt like that was a guarantee the way you're saying.
1: And I don't think it was like a conscious thought in my mind. I really don't. because. Everything was the end of the world for me when I was 16. I was so dramatic. I mean, you knew me when I was 16, but I cannot tell you how dramatic my brain was 24-7. So dramatic. I was convinced that I had this horrible life and that no one understood me and everything was on fire. And yeah, I would not go back to that for the entire world.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah, that's totally fair. I also miss the feeling of being a teenager and feeling fucking immortal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess I didn't. I'm
0: significantly more aware of the mortal coil now in my 30s.
1: (laughs) I guess I didn't have that back then, so it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm a lot more of a hypochondriac now as an adult, and it bums me (laughs) out. I wish I could stop.
1: If you have any tips on how to make that stop, please let us know. <laughs> then the last and final question I had is, what was the most 90s thing you noticed about this episode?
0: I actually, since I've been writing down 90s sayings that they say, there was one where I was like, did people say that? Was I just too young to know? And it was, she said, that's totally yester. I, I was. i like, have not heard that outside yeah, of the show. I was like, yeah, but like it, teenagers could have been saying it when you were two. Yeah, it's like, three. <laughs>
1: was, uh, three, thank okay. you.
0: <laughs> You're right. I mean, I was six. It's not like I'm talking shit, <laughs> but like, I was just like, what? I i've never heard that so i wrote that down immediately She there's a point where she said that's not my tip i was like that's another one where i was like did people say that i don't, I don't know yeah interesting and, and she said she was wigging at one point
1: i still use the term wigging or you probably say wigging out Wiggins. though do you yeah but i say that because of, because this, of this show, show not yeah. because yeah not because not it's
0: still a thing to culture. say she said book i got a book again which, yeah I appreciated fashion wise I mean it was the same I don't think anything stood out to me this time like the technology and stuff did last time because it was all about cheerleading and like I mean that witchy room was very like 1800s or whatever but (laughs) I don't think that's because of the times trying to think if there's anything else I really
1: the most 90s thing that I noticed and I want you to tell me whether you think this is super 90s or if like maybe I'm just a little bit off because I wasn't a teenage boy but Xander checking out the witch books in the library so that he could look at the semi-nude engravings that's actually a
0: great example because Because that's now they have the internet (laughs) yeah no that's real being even being like an eight-year-old in the 90s like i had friends up the street they're like look at this magazine i found if you flip to this page you could see like a drawing of boobs like that's a real conversation i had when i was eight so that's an excellent example and i'm sad i didn't think about it
1: well i'll be honest when i wrote that question down for this pop quiz i was like i don't know what i'm gonna say for that and i like trying to think about like hairstyles and stuff but then like i remember willow getting on that super ancient looking computer and i was like well we talked about the computers in the last episode and i was like but xander with the library of books hit me in a certain way yeah and I was like, it's because boys don't need to do that now.
0: <laughs> no, they don't. Even like when I was a teenager, like we had the internet and could find stuff, but like it was a lot harder than it is now.
1: So that completes the pop quiz. So the next question Hashtag for you quiz is, <laughs> what were your favorite moments or your favorite lines? I know you did the the nineties lines already, but uh, did that's you have fine. I,
0: My favorite line was when they were figuring out who the witch was and they were like, why would someone want to blind uh, Cordelia? And Willow <laughs> was like, uh, maybe because they met her. <laughs>
1: Oh man that's I love like, the that's way a fantastic
0: that line <laughs> uh, when um Xander runs in and tries to kill Amy and they're like no 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 <laughs> It's her mom. And he was like, oh, OK. And then Willow runs in and he's like, no, don't worry about it. I took care of it.
1: Yeah, I really loved that. That was a really great zing for Xander. It was. Kind of in a different segment for me. My favorite moment slash line was the very last scene where Buffy's mom was like, I don't get it. And Buffy's like, what are you talking about? And she was like, I've just decided that I don't get it. But, you know, I love you and I'm here for you. And I don't remember the exact verbiage, but this. that Yeah, scene I know what you're talking
0: about, though. She,
1: the, she really had a heart to tart because this whole episode really was about Amy and her mom versus Buffy and her mom. And there was this huge juxtaposition of the way Buffy's mom was handling parenting challenges versus Amy's mom handling parenting challenges. It
0: was a really good, like, just whole narrative yeah. arc and And then Buffy parallel. was like, I
1: love you, mom. And she got up and her mom was like, I don't get it. You know, I just thought that that was really neat because that was something that just ran through my head through most of this whole episode was just like Buffy and her mom and that whole dynamic. Another scene that I really, really loved was when they they first find out that it's witchcraft and Giles is like that's the thing about being on a hellmouth is it could be anything it could be witchcraft it could be demons and he was like getting excited and they were all looking at him like what and he's like well excuse me for seeing the glass half full And he was like getting excited that these bad things were happening and we're all like giles people are dying
0: i was on his team i was getting really excited <laughs> i
1: mean obviously i was too but yeah. those are my two big moments slash lines
0: can we talk about the gate to the house the witch lived in <laughs>
1: With the scary gargoyle looking <laughs> sign yeah, yeah. like
0: right in the middle of it. And I was just like, yeah, obviously a witch lives there.
1: (laughs) What? Well, I'd like to point out that a lot of witches also live in houses made of gingerbread. So, you know.
0: Do a lot? Or was there one? I mean,
1: you've heard the story so many times. I feel like it might have been, like, repeat situations. Just like an epidemic? (laughs)
0: Like, like there were just, like, witches throughout the countryside just living in gingerbread houses, kidnapping fucking children? (laughs) That was just, like, witchcraft 103. Want to eat some kids? <laughs> Make your house out of gingerbread.
1: No, in all seriousness, though, I definitely was like, that is such an ominous looking gate. And part of me was like, well, it's Sunnydale and they're living on a hellmouth, So I guess maybe it's OK. But also I was like, who would design
0: that gate? And I mean, to be fair, in real life, if I walked by that gate every day, like I don't believe in witches. So I would never be like a witch lives there. <laughs> <laughs> but in a world where it's real and there is a slayer like maybe be a little more subtle right at the same time she got away with it until she directly affected the slayer so maybe really it's not fuck subtlety who needs it right
1: I mean I think I feel like she didn't get away with it I mean obviously she got away with some witchcraft but when she I think she swapped with Amy right before cheerleading and I feel like uh, that's when well, the she had enough time to lose started. the weight too I guess that's true
0: because that, that's like the first thing they said when she walked in was like wow Will- oh, you <laughs> lost a lot of weight
1: yeah Willow did say that that i guess that's true
0: but like we don't know how long it's been like i would assume a few months no i'm with you
1: one thing i noticed was in the cheer sequence all of the cheerleaders are wearing the exact same shoes except buffy they're all like white nike tennis shoes and then Buffy's got like black converse on.
0: I wish I noticed that. I didn't even.
1: And I was just like, I don't even know that it was important. It's not important to the plot, obviously, but I don't know if well, they did Well, it's good that. attention
0: to detail, though. I would assume something like that was intentional.
1: Well, because there was a lot of like foot scenes in that there sequence. There were. I
0: noticed that, too.
1: And so my guess is they did it so that you would know which feet were Buffy's, but I just was like, hmm, That was my
0: favorite cheer scene Yeah. in the episode. just I don't know, it just was well choreographed, fun to watch. Like, once I mean, again, I don't know anything about <laughs> cheerleading. It could have been the most simple cheer routine in the world. I still it was but,
1: appreciated. And yeah. that song was super nineties, which I liked. And then the only other note that I have is I loved Willow turning to science for witchcraft. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Like doing it in chemistry class. And she just like, like
1: combined it all. She yeah. was like, she was like which I was, was like, this is all the stuff we would need, and Willow's like, I got this. Science class, chemistry for the win. And I appreciated that. Especially
0: science class chemistry I happen to have with that <laughs> witch. Well, my clumsy friend goes and spills this on her arm
1: <laughs> super subtle Buffy
0: <laughs> I know um I do really like monster of the week stuff so I'm really enjoying this while it's like that I'm sure it's gonna get kind of more plot heavy eventually because that's how most tv shows tend to go but like it really allows for some good character moments and building and stuff because you're not super focused on getting to the next plot point you're focused on the here and now you know we have one problem and we have a half hour to fix it and a half hour is a lot of time for a lot of good dialogue and things to happen i just appreciated the flow of the show but i don't have any predictions for what's going to happen because nothing really happened
1: and you did kind of already cover the fact that you're, you're not sure whether or not amy will come back um and you talked about the fact that you think it's cool if they walk buy the statue and notice it.
0: Yeah, it leaves potential for her to come back. Oh, I did want to talk about the witch fight. So I did call this when they um were destroying the book. I was like, I think it's a better story if they destroy the book and like she's done and they're like, ha did it. But that's not how TV works. She's going to show up and be more powerful and they're going to have to fight her after destroying the book. And that's exactly what happened. I had kind of mixed feelings on that scene. I am not a fan of the witch just having telekinesis. I think that's just not as fun of a portrayal of a witch. Why do anything else when you have those powers? But when like you have to like cast the spell and use the cauldron and stuff like that's an interesting villain to have. So I wasn't a big fan of the fight at the end, but I did like the way it ended with her blasting herself because of the mirror, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: no, that makes sense. I think that that's a really good observation. I guess that's something that I feel like we should look out for in future witch episodes because I'm trying to... Remember if like telekinesis is like a separate thing. Thing from the witchcraft. I mean, it's not obviously because a witch did it, but like I think there might be like limits or something to it, but I might just be making that
0: up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like she basically just had like Jedi powers. Like she choked out Xander and then ran away and then uh, ripped the axe out of Amy's hand and threw Buffy across the room. I'm pretty sure she did that with her mind if I remember right. I mean, I'm cool with Jedi doing it because there's like a really deep lore reason and like it makes a lot of sense. But when it's just like a witch, it's like, why can a witch do that? Like, especially after her spellbook's been destroyed. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. That's something that
0: I guess I would have been happier if she was rendered powerless by her book being destroyed, and then they incarcerated her somehow or something.
1: I will say that is something that I'd like to address in a future episode.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs>
1: hopefully that since it was relevant enough. now, that's when I no, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that no, you good. I like that you brought it up here. I just can't comment on it. yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then I was gonna say I have mixed feelings on her destroying herself because I really like the way it played out with her casting some sort of spell at Buffy and her like throwing it back at her, but like it was like a random like. like I'm to say some words and shoot some light at you and we don't even know what it's gonna do like very unsatisfying way for the fight to go with a very satisfying ending
1: i think that's a good criticism of that and i think that that's where you can really tell that like the show owners were still trying to like get their feet under them
0: they were yeah. oh there was another great line i forgot to say earlier god Ooh, damn what it! what is it it was like right in the beginning when they were trying to figure out who the witch was or if it was a witch or something and willow said something like oh hacking into something illegally finally something i can do <laughs>
1: That's what you need me for. Willow had a lot of really good lines, she I did. feel like, in this, in yeah, this yeah. episode. I like, think all
0: my favorites were her. Like, Xander I don't had... I Xander had one good one. Some good but,
1: zingers in there, but like you said, Xander's main plot in this episode was his feelings for Buffy.
0: Simping, if you want to use the 2022 terms.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that was Xander's main plot point there, but Willow really was, I think, a strong candidate for Buffy's best friend in this episode, and it was a really big Willow episode for all that it wasn't Willow-focused.
0: She was in it very little, but what she was in was very good. Ooh, and since Xander is no longer my favorite, I think she took the place of my favorite.
1: Okay, that was something I meant to ask you, was who's your new favorite character?
0: Since I directly said my old favorite lost my servitude, I don't know
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like I can't tell you who my favorites are because I've seen the whole show, but I will tell you that- You can tell me
0: who your favorite was based just on this episode's performance.
1: This episode, my favorite character was probably Giles.
0: I 100% see that.
1: Which, and like, I love all of them, but I just really love Giles in this episode. I loved his cult line and I loved his fascination and excitement with the witchcraft and the hellmouth. And his little like glass half full part. And I really loved his section where he was like yelling at Amy when she was her mom. And he was like, this girl is very sick and you need to just full on dad mode almost. And I really appreciated that. Too. He, he
0: did have a really strong performance this episode. I also really appreciated it.
1: Anthony Stewart Head just has so many, he, like you can tell he's been in the business for a while. His performance is often the best, but the writers gave Giles a lot this episode i feel like to work with
0: they did i agree do you have anything else you want to say i don't well then thanks everyone for tuning in if you want to get a hold of us you can find us on twitter instagram or facebook or you can email us at jim's canceled pod that's c-a-n-c-e-l-l-e-d at gmail.com
1: until then stay sunny slayers
0: I thought you were talking about his girlfriend.
1: No, me and him.
0: Oh, you argued about everything. Yeah, he and I argued about everything. Because you and him were frenemies. Yes. Oh, I have to edit my joke out then because it didn't make sense. Okay. (laughs)